Everybody, get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Let's go Mets! Happy opening day! A home run by Wilmer Flores? Wilmer! The Dark Knight! Who's Mr. Clutch? Duda! Let's go Mets! It's Jim Brewer's Mets and More. <laughs> well, hello everyone, Jim Brewer here. Uh, Mets and More. Mets, why? Because I love the New York Mets, and during the season I'm going to talk about them a little bit. But the more is going to be everything. I have a new record coming out, and I'm actually trying to take one of the songs. And um, if the Mets make it to the playoffs, I really, really can't wait to show it to you. I, I know I keep mentioning I'm not trying to promote. I'm not trying. I'm that excited about it. So that's the more. And the other more is real life stories. I'm sitting here right now on my back porch. Kids are inside. My wife's gone. There was a wedding today, which I'm marrying the people. Yes, I'm marrying them. You didn't know I was a reverend, did you? What? Huh? Who's it? What? Did you just... He's a... What? Jim Brewer's a reverend? The guy from Half Baked is a reverend? You can become a reverend as well. You just go on the internet, and you can make yourself a reverend. The reason I did, I've had family members and really close friends that were inspired by my wife and I's relationship and they and they asked um, if I would marry them and even before that happened here's here's why I really became a reverend it was it was really to make a point it was a couple years ago ah, I was probably eight years ago at least <clears throat> I had this radio show on satellite radio on Sirius satellite radio called Brewer Unleashed and it was me it was uh, the two friends I grew up with, Jimmy Schock and Larry Schneidmuller, and comedian Pete Corielli. And uh, it was an everyday show. It was great. We had a good time. Um, and I remember we were talking. There was something going on where Imus in the morning, he said something uh, th- that offended the community and a basketball game, and he got in all kind of trouble. But he sincerely came out and said how... F- sorry he was and all this jazz and and then even though he kept coming out and saying sorry there was a reverend I think it was I think it was Al Sharpton and he came out he's like well that's not good enough we don't accept you you know don't accept your apology I don't quote me I don't know if he exactly said I don't accept your apology but he's like no I want more than sorry whatever the scenario was it was it was just like, how do you call yourself a reverend? And isn't if if you're gonna say I'm, I represent God, because that's what you are once you say reverend and all that. How can you? The first thing you do is forgiveness. Is it not forgiveness? That's that should be the primary point if you're gonna be the representatoire of God. I mean, it's that simple. So. 
And as the discussion went, like, how do you become a reverend? And Jimmy Shaka, who was a computer whiz, he got up and said, I can make you one by the time the show's over. I said, how? And he did. And I didn't do anything with it. And really, it was just really to prove a point. Um, and then I had, I, had, <clears throat> I had this kid that worked for me. And he's like, you know, uh, I don't go to church much. I love, I love how, how you talk about life and your wife and your beliefs and your spirituality and all this jazz and, um, what you believe in and all that. He goes, I know my mom may be upset cause she's a devout Catholic Catholic, but will you marry us? I went, Oh, I'll do it. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to clear you, that, that you're causing waves in your family. So you might want to, you might want to check in with mom and dad before you jump on that whole thing. So uh, he proved, and, and the and the funniest thing was, I took it very seriously. You know, people think I'm going to come out and joke. There were some jokes, but it was more real life stuff, where I talk about the real things in marriage that bond you, that help me bond together, and and. One of the things is what my mom always said. You have to grow together. You have to grow together. If one starts uh, uh, mentally, physically, whatever's going on with them, they start to grow, you can't be left behind. That that doesn't mean, well, if one starts exercising, you should start exercising. It just means... Just grow together. You know, two summers ago, before my wife got cancer, she started, um, she really got into bike riding. So then I would go bike riding with her. And it became our little thing. Hey, let's have our little Saturday morning bike ride. Hey, the summers, the kids are gone from camp. Let's have our little bike ride. The other thing was, this is a biggie, never, never complain and go dumping your dirty laundry with your 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 mother, your sister, and even more important, you never dump garbage with people that are not going to defend your spouse. You need a neutral person in that situation because it's just like any argument. When you know, my kids will come and go, they hit me, and they and they just came up and hit me, and they said I was stupid, and they, they said I was a jerk. And then, you know, you see the tears and you see the pain and the hurt. But there's two sides of that story. And then you go the other one like, well, yeah, I did that because they came in my room and they uh, took my computer out of my hand while I was doing it. And so that's a biggie with marriage. I just moved to my front porch, by the way. That's why it sounds a little different. And I guarantee you while I'm doing this, I will get interrupted. So anyway, I don't even know how to start on this. All I know is uh, the whole reverend thing, which, by the way, today I'm marrying uh, a niece of mine. So other marriage tips were just, you know, you're in this together. If you're going to make a commitment, make the commitment. That means you're a team. You're like a corporation. You're a business. I can't stand when people go... You ask them how long you've been married, and they go, oh, too long. What kind of, 
What kind of message are you putting out there, especially if you have kids? You got to learn to to hash things out. Hash things out. We would tell people, don't go to bed angry at one another. I know that seems impossible in times, and, and it may be difficult in times. I'm aware of that. But the last thing you want to do is not have a, a settled situation. It just it causes stress, bad feelings, anger. you got to let anger go. Um, so anyway... As we get into this, uh, that's what more the more is. Like today, uh, today is the one-year anniversary of my father passing. And I had a great, I, I, I'm going to get, I'm just going to talk real with you. You know, everyone's lost somebody. Some people feel their loss was more devastating than others. Some people never had a parent. Some people, and, and that's not to be taken away with anyone who's in that situation. But I, I, I remember going to see Billy Crystal, his one-man show, which was one of the greatest things I've ever seen, the 700 Sundays. I wish he would do it again. I really it, I, I could have watched it ten times. It was so touching, funny, so funny, moving, intelligent. I I loved it. And the whole show was about how he calculated. He pretty much had 700 Sundays in his life with his father, who meant so much to him. And he described when your parents pass, you feel... Not a, not abandoned, but like an orphan. You feel like an orphan. And I, I, I don't know if I can relate to that, but I will tell you this. Yeah, I can relate to it a little bit. Um, it's just uh, with anyone in life, when they're gone, it's they're just gone, and you have to keep your spirit high, and you have to find the beauty in what they brought to your life. Whether it was 10 minutes, an hour, 10 years, 40 years, 50 years. And those are the moments that help me and heal me and heal others. You know, my brother called uh, yesterday, and uh, or two days ago, and I, I, I'm literally off the grid. I'm off the grid. I rent a house in the mountains for the whole month of August. Phone's off. I don't care how much my emails are backing up. I'm watching the Mets. I listen to my music. It's just, I don't care. I don't care. People come up to me and they go, uh, Hey, you hear what's going on with Donald Trump? No, and I don't care. I I just, I don't care. I've lived... If, if you sit back and you think about where your life has been and what you've done in your time, politicians and we're about to go to war and uh, ISIS is just, it's the same thing recycled over and over and over. And all it does is just, it poisons you. It poisons you. I'll worry about it when someone's on my lawn with an AK-47. That's when I'll... Deal with the situation. I'll deal with it when a nuclear bomb hits part of... You know, like, what are you, you going to do? What are you, you going to do? 
I can't believe he said this, or I totally agree with everything he says. Like, it's just, nobody knows nothing. I don't care how smart you are, educated you are. He's just, I don't care. I don't care. I worry about my kids, my wife, my family, my life, my surroundings, my friends, the ones I love, and that's it. So he called up and he says, um, hey, listen, um, you know, Pop, his his birthday's coming up in the year anniversary. And I got to be honest with you, I completely blanked. And I think that's a good thing. You know, some people set anniversaries like, this is the day we lost Aunt so-and-so. And, and the, the whole thing of this is, I want to tell you, I want to tell you a funny story. And, I, and I, it's, it's about my dad. I have a lot of funny stories. If you listen to uh, Howard Stern, you've heard them on Stern. If you listen to Opie and Anthony in the past or any other radio tour that I've done, whether it's on the road, uh, I've, I do a bunch on stage. I don't do the, sh- the story so much but just on stage, but uh, I'll do a bit here and there. Um, and this helps, and I hope it helps you. You know, some people have, they, they dwell on life and they use it as an excuse to just be sad. And, and it's, you have to be sad. You have to go through some emotions. But find those great things. Cry, laugh hard, and then move along. And just use that spirit to move. I, I find myself, since my father passed, literally, you ever watch Star Wars? And the minute that Obi-Wan like sacrificed himself, he sacrificed himself in Star Wars. And he watched Luke, as he was looking at Luke Skywalker, he sacrificed himself knowing he'd be more part of his life once he was gone and he was ready. And that's how I feel with my dad. I become my dad and I think of him so much more every day. I'm not sad and horrible. I miss him. I do have moments where I just... I break down. I sob. I come in. My kids are like, what's wrong with your face, Dad? Like, I had a moment. I was thinking of Dad. I was thinking of Grandpa. You okay? And that's funny, too, how you watch each kid react completely differently. You know, my oldest right now is a runner. If there's a problem, she's out the door. I'm going to go talk to my friend. My middle one's like a, a... What's the character? Piglet. Always kind of, uh, is everything, is, she's, she's, she's not sure what to do. And then my little one just embraces everything. Embraces it. She was right there at my dad all the way up to the last seconds. I'll never forget that. She watched her go through, my dad go through the process of when he was in hospice, they wanted to keep him in the, uh, in the hospital I said, no, I want him home. I said, well, you need a nurse. I said, no, you just tell me, and I'll do the hospice thing with him. I'll do it. And it'll work. I said, no, I, I make my schedule, clear everything, tell everyone, no phones, no nothing. I'm by his side the whole way. Because I know he would have done that for me. You know, not everyone, it's not for everyone, but it's amazing closure. Sorry, there's a plane going by. Um, and so 
she sat there the whole way and there's and there's 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 moments as this moves on where the breathing changes and he sounds like he's He's choking. You hear like, and you're going, oh, my God, I'm calling the nurse. I'm like, he sounds like he's choking. I went, no, that's the little flap in the back, and it's drying up, and his body's doing this. It sounds horrible, and it sounds like he's in pain, but this is the process. We've been through this a billion times, and she didn't run from it. She just, she kid the way I did. We go, hey, Dad. You know, give us 15 more minutes. I mean, come on, you gave us, you know, you already gave us 91 years. Give us 15 more minutes. I'm going to go shower or whatever. Um, and so she's the tough one. She was there all the way to the very end. But so I figured I'd start this podcast in honor of my dad. And one of the funniest, this, this taught me so much. This little moment taught me so much about life. Just life in general. It just sums everything up. No matter how big you are, how much money you make, how educated you are, who you think you are, you're above everyone in the world. My father never allowed that. And rightfully so. So let me tell you this story. So it's the first, I get Saturday Night Live, which is another, we can do 20 podcasts about that. And again, we will in time. I'm still feeling this thing out. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if anyone's listening, to be honest with you. I don't know how it works. So I don't know if I'm going to go once a week. Or... So I just get signed it live, and that was such a process. It was such a process. But now I got it, and I'm feeling good about it. Now, um, I fly up my parents to New York, and now my father's in the Elks Club, uh, he's like the elk of the year. He loves Tuesday nights, spaghetti nights. That's all he cares. You know, Jimmy, when you come down here, uh, you know, uh, you got to be a spaghetti night. Everyone's asking about you. Everyone's asking about you. One of my first comedy shows was a talent show at the Elks Club. And it was me against, like, Ellie, who's playing the flute, she's 75, and they got to put her gas, her oxygen tank down for 20 seconds, and that's my competition. And I'm standing there in a circle of, of people doing stand-up, and I actually won that night. But I remember how proud my dad was and just how much he would talk about the Elks and how much he loved it and always bragging about me, always bragging about me, which... At the time, it seems funny, but it's just it's it was cute and adorable, and I loved it and all that jazz. So, fly him up, and um, I'm just I, beyond ecstatic. This is real TV. This is the real deal. Saturday Live. Maybe five years. I'm making ten million dollars a year. I have a four picture deal. I become the Saturday Live greatest guy ever. It's just that's all in my mind. So this first show, I'm ready to launch a character. Everyone's excited about the The camera guys are imitating this character. The sound people, and everybody's imitating the character I'm doing. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Um, I did it in my audition tape. As a matter of fact, if you go on YouTube and you look at Jim Brewer SNL Audition, you'll see the character. And I, 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 even from that audition, I don't know how I got Sonic Live, to be honest with you. Um, 
So fly them up, and Mariel Hemingway's the first host, and everyone's already killing SNL. The show's gonna be dead, and it's the worst show, and they got a new cast, they look like the cast of Friends, and they, they don't look funny, and, and Lorne Michaels was brilliant. The more I think about Lorne Michaels, the more I realize how brilliant, what a great business, a businessman, coach, tutor. he was just, he was, for his position, and what he has to do and pull off, I just, I, I honor that man. I'm just, I'll just say that. So, um, he goes, you know, just, just do what you do and don't read the television. I mean, don't listen to the television, their reviews and the papers. You just keep being funny and eventually, um, they'll think Sunday Live is cool and they'll come back. And he was right on target, right on target. Uh, so, first show, dress show, they have me dead last in the show. Dead last. Now, the dress show at Saturday Night Live, uh, it starts about 8 o'clock, and there's extra sketches. And the crowd usually, they're done about an hour and a half into it. They're just done. They've seen enough comedy. Comedy shouldn't last more than 90 minutes. That's, that's the golden rule. 90 minutes tops, get out. If you go to a comedy club, 90 minutes, get out. Opener, 10, 15, middle guy, 25, half hour. Headliner goes up, does an hour, boom, get out. Um, Saturday Night Live, same thing. So I'm dead last. Show's about two hours and change long. The thing tanks. Takes a beating. Shut up. Beating. It's all you hear is wit, just silence. So I get cut. And which is, it didn't bother me. I just know, hey, there's a million other shows. Now I go to my dressing room and I go to let my parents know. And they're at the, uh, I go to their seats. I go, listen, I just want to give you a heads up. I got cut from the show. What do you mean you got cut? I said, well, they just, they cut, they cut that sketch. It was funny. I go, yeah, you know, it was funny. I'll try it again at another time. And ah, that's crash out. Sketches sucked. Sketches, they sucked. I said, Dad, don't worry about it. it it'll be fine. Ah, that's, I, I don't understand why they cut you. That sucked. So the show goes. It's awesome. I loved watching. I think Will Farrell was... was uh, it was Get Off the Shed. That was the opening sketch for the brand new cast. Me, Tracy, uh, me, Will Farrell, Molly Shannon, Daryl Hammond, uh, Dave Keckner, Nancy Walls, who's married to Steve Carell. Um, uh, Sherry O'Terry. It was just Mark McKinney, Tim Meadows, Norm MacDonald was still on there, Spade. It was his last year. It was just, it was awesome. So I'm watching the show, and I'm having a great time, and now there's a party. I didn't know after every show there's a party. And, like, great. You know, the show's over. He's like, that show. My father goes, that show sucked. I go, Dad, what do you think? He goes, it sucked. You should have been on. It sucked. They needed you in that show. It just, it sucked. I don't know what to tell you. I said, Dad, there's 19 other shows. Don't worry about it. I got to move. Hold on a second. I hear the guys in the background. Hold on. I got to move. 
it's much quieter here in my basement. So, um, you know, that's all he's talking about. That show sucked and blah, blah, blah. And my mom's going, don't worry, he'll be on other shows. She's like, you know, I had the whole Elks watching. The whole, the whole, all the Elks are watching. I just, you know, the show sucked. All right, Dad. So now we're going to the party. Now, I didn't know that was all part of it. So a couple of things happen at the party. I, you come out of the building and there's limos. You're assigned your own limo. So you just come out like, uh, Brewer, how many in your party? Uh, I got my parents. So like, Brewer, you take uh, Tony, his car, and Tony comes and meet you and you go in a limo. It is, you know, two weeks before that, I was 3.30 in the morning trying to get bagels at the bagel store, you know, trying to get rid of my buzz. Just and now I'm a rock star. It is it's it's an amazing feeling. It's what you try for as an actor, as a comedian. This is what you're trying to get your whole life. Boom. So now we're going to the party. Now we're at the party and I'm partying with the blues traveler and they think I'm hilarious and I'm hanging out with them and I keep checking over my dad and I'm ordering shots for everybody and um, saying hello to everyone and I, I'll never forget that night too. Uh, and my father's telling everyone how uh, I can't believe I was cut and how much the show sucked. So he... <laughs> I get a bill that night. I thought, like, SNL picks up everything. Like, they just pick up the tab and everything. I mean, there's a limo waiting for you and all this jazz. And I get a bill. It must have been, I don't know, $800-something. And I'm looking at the waitress go, no, no, no. I'm on the cast. And she goes, oh, wow, that's awesome. It's $840. Well, no, I don't, I don't think you understand. I'm on the cast. And she goes, yeah, no, I... I don't think you understand. It's $840. $840 was four of us. She's like, yeah, but you were buying champagne. You were ordering alcohol and champagne for everybody. I go, what do you, what do you, but I'm on the cash. She goes, that doesn't mean it's free. They don't pay, they don't pay for it. What? So that was, okay. So I, I pay the money. I'm pissed. I'm like, I'll deal with it next. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Someone's going to have hell to pay. You don't make a cast member from SNL. You don't do that. I'm on TV. I'm going to be a goat on television. You're going you're gonna to regret this. So now, my dad's sitting there, and I see that Lorne Michaels is leaving the party. So I grab my dad. I go, Dad. I want you to meet Lorne Michaels. It, and again, I learned so much from my father. It, it, you're talking about a guy who grew up with 10 brothers and sisters. His mother died when he was three years old, so he didn't know his mother. His father was not really in the sea. He was, a, he was an alcoholic he was uh, uh, abusive. Like, what's he going to do? He's got 10 kids growing up in Kentucky during the Depression. Right after World War, his father was a veteran of the Spanish-American War. So he's an alcoholic with 10 kids. The 11th, his mother passed away while giving birth to the 11th child, who also didn't make it. So... 
This is how my father's life started. He then was in World War II for, for, for three and a half years in the South Pacific as a gunner. And he's just a you know, sanitation worker. His, his two best friends died in their 40s from drinking so much from the war they were in and what they've seen. So he don't... He, my father's attitude is laughter and just getting by the moment. Let's get by the moment. Do the right thing. Let's find the laugh in our hangout. Let's not get too serious. Life's too short to get too serious. Let's, uh, if, can you hang with me and can we talk like a man? That, that's all my ca- dad cares about. So I go, Dad, oh my God, Lorne Michaels, you got to say hello. Now, the first thing he said, Dad needs to know what, what the race and religion is. Lorne, what is that? Wait, what is that French? Is he Jewish? What, what? I said, I don't know what he is. Who cares? It's the furthest from my Who cares what he is? That's Lorne Michaels. Who? He's the producer of the show, Dad. This is the guy. He did the Richard Pryor show. He started Saturday Night Live. He was part of laughing. This guy, he is the comedy world. This is John Belushi, Aykroyd, Bill Murray. This is the guy. Do you understand? He's all right, all right, all right. So my father gets up. He's probably in his 70s at that time, maybe the late 70s, mid 70s. And um, he, you know, he waddles. He's had some strokes. He's waddling over to meet Lorne Michaels. And I can't wait for this moment. Now, here's blue collar, World War II vet, grew up with nothing, man's man. He can't wait to get home to Tuesday where he can be spaghetti. Getty night. Jimmy, make sure you have some extra meatballs. You know, go ahead, have another plate, have another plate. After the spaghetti, we're going to have the bingo in the pool for $5. All right, you need $5 to play. This is now clashing with an icon in TV history. Saturday Night Live, The Richard Pryor Show, Laughing, one of the, just one of the most brilliant producers of our time. Here's the clash. I go, Lorne, um, do you mind meeting my father? Yes, I'd love to meet your father. I go, Dad, this is Lorne Michaels, the producer of Saturday Live. Lorne, this is my dad. My dad puts out his hand. He goes, nice to meet you, Lorne. You know, and he puts his hands on his hips which is already one of those, that, that is body language that says, I got, I, we need to talk. So he, he spreads his legs out a little bit and he puts his hands on his hips and he blocks where Lorne is going. And he goes, uh, how you doing, Lorne? Uh, I, I, I flew up from Florida to uh, watch Jimmy on the show and uh, he wasn't on it. What, what happened there? Can I tell you, I, my rear end instantly, instantly puddled with sweat. I had a heat flash in my ears and my forehead. Instant heat flash. I can't believe of all the things that my father just said. He just 
said to Lorne Michaels, I flew up from Florida to see my kid in the show. And you took him out. What happened? And Lorne goes, you know, that happens. He goes, the show, you know, it sucked. I don't understand why. Now I'm like, oh, is this happening? Is this? He just told Lorne Michaels his show sucked. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> my father does it. That's who does it. Hey, uh, you know, my kid's a home run hitter, and you got him sitting on the bench? Are you kidding me? And you put this banana in? And he's literally going, that it was horrible. That sketch was horrible. And you put that. So Lorne, I give him a lot of credit. It could, it, that was an awkward situation right there. For me, it was awkward. I, I don't know if Lorne ever had, I don't know if Lorne Michaels ever had that experience before where a cast member's parent is calling him out and telling him his show sucks and why wasn't my kid in it. So Lorne goes, um, Lauren goes, uh, well, next week Chevy Chase has already inquired about Jim and those two, uh, they, they're, they're perfect and blah, blah, blah. And my father goes, next week? Who gives a shit? I'm not going to be here. I want to know what happened this week. And Lauren just goes, all right, well, you know, it was nice to meet you. He goes, all right, all right nice to meet you too. And I go, Dad, what are you doing? He goes, he sucks. He went, oh, my God. But that that I think about moments in life. And as I'm standing here in the one year anniversary of holding my father as he took his last breath in my arms. I think of those moments. And I'll never forget that. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it makes me a better parent. It makes me realize I don't care who you are in life. I'm always going to look after my kid. I don't care if they're 40, 50, whatever. I don't care who you are in life, how much money you make, how much better you think you are than me. Because in life, how do you define better? Who's better? The guy that makes multi-millions of dollars. Who knows whether you skip or the nurse that had to clean my father's ass when he was going through a rehab stint from a stroke or something. Who's better? Who's working harder? Who defines that? So, Thank you, Dad. I miss you. I love you. And hopefully you got a little laugh of that. There's tons more stories. I'm going to write a book that says the top ten cities that my father crapped himself. And uh, I will definitely be sharing those here on the podcast. <laughs> so I guess that all wraps up. I know it's called Jim Brewer, Mets, and more. And that's what I mean by the more. Uh I, I don't want this to be just stand-up comedy and we talk about comics and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot out there. People do it really well, really well. 
I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts. I've been on a few. I, I can say I did Mark Maron's, and that was great time. Great conversation. It was it was great to see Mark and and have I I love watching guys find themselves, hit their stride, and take off. Mark Maron found himself. He found what he was supposed to be. I used to listen to him on um, on a radio station. It was, uh, oh, God, it was like political, whatever. I loved him. I was always a huge fan. But we also, I don't think he was a fan of me, and he would always just demean me, and just, it really bothered me because I was a fan. I'm a fan of comedy and people, and I can't stand when, well, anyway, I'm not getting into that. What I'm saying is I really love and appreciate what he does. I love it. Um, I'm still, I think I'm finding it. I love doing this. It's not always going to be comics and, you know, hey, 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 it's hilarious. It's the funniest thing. Life is more than that. Sometimes we'll laugh. Sometimes we'll get heavy. I'm talking about marriage, my kids. I'm going to need you to help raise my kids. Maybe I can help you raise them. I have situations. I threw out two podcasts. My wife wouldn't let me put them out. Oh, my God. I, I can't even tell you. Anyway. All this is to say, that's what the more is. It took me 45 minutes to get to defining what the more is. Jim Brewer, Mets, and more, but that's the more. Now, on the Mets side, right now, they're five games up. Mets fans, be excited. This is the year. Don't look ahead. Don't sit there. Are we going to sign Cespedes? Who cares? Who cares if he leaves? Who cares if he wants $40 million? Right now, when I had my father... It was about the right now. I still have my mother right now. I still have my family and everything you got. It's the right now. The Mets are in first place by five games right now. If you don't know anything about baseball or just games, that means that the second place Nationals have to win five games the same time The Mets lose five games to get even with them. Met fans, we're in a great spot. I can't even, and and that seven-line army thing, I love what they got going. I love it. I'm going to, I'm talking to Darren. I'm torn with them next year. I'm torn. I want to go to the cities. I'm in. I love that the Mets fans are starting to bang the drum. The city feels Shea group. Love them. Love them. Do you know how important it is to get chance and all that? The, fan, the, the players love that. And who knows? Who knows? That may give little change of hearts towards certain players that think they want more money, but they go, you know what? Those are the greatest fans. I don't want to leave those fans. I'll take a pay cut if I can see the seven-line army, which no other team has. Or the City Field Shade Group, which no other team, well, I don't know if no other team has that, but I'm just saying. I'm a boasting Met fan right now. God, I love baseball. Love baseball. I know football's starting, but anyway. <sighs> First place, and there you go. Let's see what happens the rest of the games in Colorado. Cespedes. He's, you know, that guy is... I, I'm starting to love him. I, I was like, eh, I don't know if I get him. I don't know. <laughs> I like his numbers. He, he, he reminds me of Vladimir Guerrero. He swing, he, last night he hits 
a grand slam, a two-run homer, a double, a single, and then a, a solo homer. The guy was a monster. I watched him at, at City Field hit a home run, his first home run as a Met, the Pope Parakeet game I was at with DeGrom pitching. Um, but then you'll see the guy swing at a pitch three feet in front of the plate. He's like, wait, I don't... I love him. And plays he's made in the field. This guy's a... I love him. I'm fascinated by him. But I'm telling you, Met fans, love him while he's here. Give him lots of love. Let's get chance for him. Let's beg him to stay. If he doesn't stay, forgive him. He's human. But while we have him, cherish him. Cherish him. Barb Marley Exodus says but this. Ja rule for the people of the Mets fans. I'm, I'll catch you soon. That's it. Over and out. Wasn't a whole lot of Mets stuff today. It was more of... um of the, quote, more, and that's all right. I love you, Dad. I think you every day, and um, I hope that story can make some people laugh or make them think or whatever, whatever. I don't even know if anyone's listening, to be honest with you. I started off in the backyard, then I was in the front yard, and now I'm in my basement. All I can say is if you are listening or if nobody's listening, thanks for the therapy. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Jim Brewer. The Mets and more. Yo, everybody get up. Everybody get up. Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Yo, Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Run to Old Navy right now to get up to 50% off store-wide. Stock up on all of Old Navy's best-selling style faves, like tees from 5 bucks, dresses from 12 bucks, and jeans for the family from 15 bucks. Plus, get up to 75% off clearance. But you'd better hurry. At these prices, Old Navy's style faves are sure to go fast. Run to Old Navy right now. Valid 113 to 122. Select styles only. Clearance valid through 122.